0: evening, everybody. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you on Saturday evening as the Dallas Mavericks fell to the Utah Jazz 112-107. I apologize for any audio quirks you guys might hear. I'm walking my dog because I needed something to do after a two-hour car ride where I wondered how the Mavs were going to F that up, and they did. They collapsed in the fourth again. They missed free throws. They played terrible defense. They took stupid shots they did all the things these mavericks have come to be uh, a signature uh, a signature move for them the fourth quarter collapse so josh what do you think
1: yeah i've kind of run out of things to to say i mean it's it's the same it's the same thing i mean this is something we've been talking about this is something you know i've already written about and it's hard to i don't know what else to really say it's just you know when the the game gets tight and when the situation uh, has more pressure, and you know the Mavericks kind of have to nut up a little bit, the the game just gets away from them. Uh, and it's not like a. I mean, it's bad for this season, but when you think when you try to step back and look at the grand scheme of things, it's not horrible. You know, the Mavericks are going to make the playoffs, and they're ahead of schedule, and you would assume that you know, I would imagine these problems are going to be fixed, but it's not probably not going to be till next season because they probably need another off season to get, to make the roster a little bit better. And Luca needs to, you know, Luca probably needs another year. Like he's just, that's just kind of the way things go. He's 20 years old. And even though he's an MVP candidate right now, it's, it's tough. Like, uh, I just, I don't, I just don't know what to say. It's, it's literally the same, the same script, you know, the final five minutes, the offense uh, turns into four guys standing and watching Luca and the defense just doesn't offer as much resistance as it should. Well, let's let's um, talk
0: about that first. I want to talk about the defense because I'm watching on the game log and I <laughs> felt like from six minutes on Utah scored every fucking time.
1: Yeah, it, it was, <sighs> it was not great. Uh, they were, they hit six three pointers in the fourth quarter. The last one was just like laughably bad defense. The one in the final, you know, 30 seconds or 40 seconds of the game. Uh Mitchell, you know, they do a screen and roll with Mitchell and Gobert, which is, you know, obviously that is a tough that is a tough guard for for any team. You know, Mitchell and Gobert are really good. That's a good pick and roll tandem. But, you know, the Mavericks kinda like uh I don't know what they did. They kinda I think Perzingis tried to to trap and it was they left a gap in the middle of the pick and roll and Mitchell split the split the defenders. And then from there, you know, it was like nothing. It was like they're playing against air, and he just kind of drove into the paint. Mavericks collapsed, and uh, O'Neal got a wide open three pointer. Just a look that you can't give up that late in the game when you're up one. Like, you know, there was it was just nothing. Like it was it almost looked like a practice set or like a preseason game. Just the way the Mavericks defended that, you know, it was like they weren't even there. And granted, like I said, Mitchell and Gobert are a really tough cover in the pick and roll. That's just but, you know you just gotta you gotta tighten up you gotta you, the defense has to make the offense feel you know they have to be felt and the Mavericks really didn't make Utah feel them I think throughout the night you know I think you know Utah didn't necessarily shoot all that well in the first quarter but I don't know how much of that was the Mavs defense I thought the Mavs gave up open looks all night and I thought Utah just didn't really make them in, in the first quarter and as the game got on I thought they made more of their shots that the Mavs were kind of allowing or giving up uh, so I was just, I know that you look at the numbers and Utah shot 44% from the field, 30, 35 from three. I, I think this could have been way worse if Utah was making their open shots in the first quarter. Cause I just didn't think the Mavs were there defensively at any point in the game tonight, save for like a few stretches, brief stretches.
0: Well, and, and so again, I, I got to reiterate the fact that I didn't have a chance to watch this game. I was on the road the entire time looking at my phone uh, whenever you know traffic, you know basically doing the dumb thing that I shouldn't do, or I'm <laughs> checking the score, checking the game, and you know the Mavericks led in the first, they led in the third, and to have these double-digit leads into collapse. These are the type of teams they have to actually beat if they want to do something in the playoffs. They're gonna get there. They're gonna get there. But the Jazz are not that. I'm just not convinced the Jazz are. Or, the Jazz really remind me of like the the mid? To late aughts Mavericks teams, where they're good, but are they that good? Are they good enough to do it in the playoffs, or are they just a a fifty season regular, or I'm sorry, fifty a fifty win regular season t- uh, uh, tough out? And you know, to to beat to be beating them the whole game and then to collapse is just so frustrating. Yeah, and it, we haven't yeah. even gotten to the part that I don't understand. How do you miss half of your free throws? Again! Because they did this against Portland, it just didn't bite them.
1: Yeah, I don't... That's something, like, we talked about that at the Portland game. Like, what do you even say with miss? Who through? is their... <laughs> like, like I, I did
0: this once earlier. I'm doing it again. Whoever their shooting coach is needs to... Is he their free-throw missing coach? Because the, they're tremendously <laughs> weird in bad situations. I, I know they're only, like, 14th or 15th in the league. Because when you look at, like, the the entire flow of things the Mavs are shooting like 77 percent as a team which is like 13th or 12th or something but like I, I bet in these situations particularly in the fourth the Mavericks are one of the worst teams in the league at this they have to be because I feel like like Vinny Smith bricking two Luca missed how many like four or five like what I don't I'm, I'm just you know I may have been in the car for two hours with a very angry three-year-old, which doesn't help with my mood
1: right now,
0: <laughs> but it's just like... like
1: hey, do you, all right. And, I, while you were ranting, I went ahead and looked it up, and this won't make you feel any better, but in clutch time, so five minutes or less with the score within, what is it, five points, I believe, that the NBA defines clutch time, so in NBA.com define clutch time... The Mavericks are 28th in free throw percentage. They shoot 69.7%. You want to know my front. response
0: to that is that that amazing gif of Kobe Bryant yelling "soft" at whoever he was yelling at <laughs> because soft. this is a that's a sign of a weak team, a mentally weak team that that you know what they're so talented, they're so and they're young and I know I'm going to look back on this and think this is Man, do you remember those tough times? That doesn't make it any less stupid, right now.
1: I know it's frust- it's frustrating, and especially the frustrating part is uh, it happens the same way every time. You know, it's not like uh, it's not like the Mavericks kind of like you know execute their offense well and they just come up short, or they play good defense and the other team just makes some really tough shots. It's consistently miss free throws. It's consistently poor offense down the stretch where Luka is doing everything and four guys are standing around. And that leads to Luka taking bad threes. Uh, And then on the defensive end, it's just – there's just no – there's just a different resistance – you know, just there's no resistance on the defensive end. And that's tough. And, you know, when you look at the roster, this is – this game kind of shows why I just really would love if the Mavericks could get another 3-and-D wing. Like, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith is really – He's really the only one. You know, Justin Jackson, I thought he played a terrible game. He had 20 minutes. He took some really awful shots. Didn't really do much on the defensive end. And that, that's Smith? because he's a
0: terrible basketball
1: player. <laughs> it's
0: not that he played terrible. He is a terrible basketball player. I saw right. Bobby Marks list in the ESPN Insider thing that he's shooting 44% from three off the bench, which it, it, that cannot be true. <laughs> uh anyway get get back to your talk
1: no yeah but you know like the closing lineup is basically the starting lineup and it's five out with perzingis which i if we want to get to later i loved how that looked you know to start of the game uh but it's finney smith is the only wing defender you know you have tim hardaway jr but he i think he gives effort but he's not someone you can rely on to enhance your defense at all and then luca is just not a good def- he's not a good defender right now and especially tonight you know i thought he looked really tired uh in the fourth quarter especially on defense. You know, he kind of jogged a little bit and wasn't really closing out hard. And, you know, hey, that's, you know, the burden of him being a 38% usage rate player. Yeah, And they they just got to, they just need one more. They need another Finney-Smith type guy so that in a game like tonight when the the going's getting tough and things are getting physical and they need to get stops, they could play Finney-Smith with another wing guy that they can rely on. And, you know, try to combat the way teams just try to bully ball them in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm not saying the Mavericks needed, like, another big to prevent that. They just need another tough, uh, stout wing defender. This is why I would love, you know, obviously I would love Robert Covington to, to be on this team for this exact reason. Um, but otherwise, you know, I, I'm just running out of things to say. You know, Luca had a really good drive late uh, against Gobert, and that was great. I don't think he was as step back happy in the clutch as he normally is. He did take a bad one, but I think the game was already out of reach. I think, you know, they were already in the. What about his.
0: So, so I, I want to ask you a, a pair of things a, a, yeah. as someone who didn't get to see the game. Um, our, 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 our guy Sam asked in our Slack if we could talk about Lucas' poor three point shooting. How did he do for the game?
1: I he think was, he was He mainly was for 10. He was bad. Okay. Uh, so he's bad. Yes. Like, he was bad. It, it wasn't, we are he, to the
0: point now where he is a bad three-point shooter. It is pe- it, There's a line of demarcation where uh, it stops being, oh, you know, if he shoots at enough volume and hits him enough. No, Luca's, Luca's game log is the sort of thing where he is either outstanding or he is atrocious from three. There is There are none of these games where he goes four for nine. They're either like <laughs> seven for nine or two of ten.
1: Yeah, and it, it was... You know he definitely relied on it a little bit too much. Um, he did set a screen in the pick and roll. You didn't get to see that, but Ooh, he did that. Fancy. Uh, but then Delon kind of passed it to Maxi for a three that Maxi missed. Uh, Maxi had a brutal game. Uh, I know it's two for eight uh, from three, and I got to say at least three or four of those misses were wide open corner threes. Uh, so if he had a little bit better of a night, I think it, you know things would have been different. Um, thought Delon Wright had a pretty good game until down the stretch just uh he got blocked by Gobert which was like defensive player of the year type block like i think everyone watching everyone in the building thought Delon was going to get a layup there and Gobert just like go go gadget armed at, from like the free throw line basically and and bounced you know pinned it off the or volleyball spiked it off the the backboard um yeah I, otherwise you know curry had a good night and uh if it, it sucks you know the mavericks kind of wasted a good shooting night they looked really good in the first quarter the let's, perzingis at the five gave let's Utah let's circle so back around damage. on that in
0: just a second okay guys okay. i uh, we need to take a quick commercial break right. i want to ask josh one more question and then we're going to talk about the things that are actually good about the game and then i want to talk to josh about his uh Thoughts on Willie Colley Stein. We'll be right back to you after a word from our sponsors. Hopefully not Mike Bloomberg. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe. We're back again with a weird edition of Mavs Moneyball. I'm walking my dog. The audio is probably bad. I'm sorry for that. Um, I wanted to get in a quick point about Luca's defense before we focus on some of the things that are actually good. <sighs> I waffle with this because from game to game i'm like you know what if a guy is gonna play as hard as much as Luca does and have 38 percent usage i don't know what to expect from his defense at the same time from a play-by-play stance he sometimes does boneheaded fall asleep at the wheel style crap would you agree
1: yeah i would agree and i think this is you know when people talk about his you know athleticism or you know his speed i think this is You know, it doesn't bother him on offense, obviously. Like, maybe a little bit in terms of, you know, separating at the rim. But, I mean, obviously, he's been fantastic on offense this season. But I think that's kind of maybe where it hurts him. Because, like, you know, if he was a little bit longer or, you know, could you know jump a little bit uh, higher or move a little bit quicker, even if he was kind of loafing a little bit on defense to conserve energy, he would just naturally be a better defender. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think he has the – he can't really – Make up for kind of loafing through a defensive effort with like a quick burst to get back into the play, you know, like, or just be by being, you know, sometimes him being tall helps, but you know, not all, you know, not every time. Uh, right. Him
0: being tall is basically one of the main differences between him and Trey Young right now. Yeah. Because him being tall helps in very like base ways that it doesn't uh, else in, in, in other, in, like, for guys can, who are shorter. Yeah. Yeah. He like, you just, just, he can he get be, in the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh.
1: Uh, okay. But yeah, well, it's yeah. I don't know what to, that's another thing. Like, do they need to lower his usage rate? To you know, that's a that's a long conversation that I don't know if we're ready to have t- t- right now. About well, about let's that. not do
0: it right now because yeah. you have things to do. But I wanted to at least touch on a little bit of the good things from the game because again, the Mavs led almost wire to wire, uh, so yep. they're clearly doing something right against the second best team in the Western Conference record wise and a pretty good defense. So talk to me a little bit about the five out. So it seems like for the second straight game, that least provided views of, of what Dallas is hoping for.
1: Yeah, it was, the first quarter was just remarkable. Um, literally every time uh, Christoph Sprazingas caught the ball outside of the three-point arc, he was open. I mean, he didn't shoot it every time, but like it was it was wild how much Rudy Gobert wanted nothing to do with going all the way out, to guard Kristaps. And the thing that's great about it is he, it's not like Gobert was in the paint, but he was, you know, kind of like between the free throw line, and three point line, maybe, you know, inching up toward the three point line. And for has no issue shooting, you know, maybe, you know, a foot behind the three point line when he's not being guarded at all, basically at all. And by doing that, I think the Mavs were able to get to the rim a little bit more. You know, I know Gobert kind of ended up making the game ceiling play and he had five blocks, but I think through the first quarter and a half, it was just pretty remarkable how they kind of neutered him. He just wasn't a presence, you know. The Mavericks really didn't feel him for most of that first quarter, and you know, a little bit of the second quarter. Uh, the, the disappointing part is Porzingis only shot three of eight from three, and that's the thing. It's like this just might be a thing that we don't really get to see fully realized until next season. Because I'm just not convinced he's going to be. A high efficient three point shooter this year because he just that's just not him right now. You know, well three
0: of eight from three is not bad. I mean it's thirty seven and a half percent, but it's
1: the looks where, he was getting though. Yeah, were, when were, you're that
0: he, when you're wide open, it's like come on guy, come on guy. Yeah,
1: he took a couple. He took I think like one or two. He took off the dribble, but for the most part, he he got what he wanted. You know, as a spot up guy, Um, and I just think the Mavericks. It's almost for the first three quarters, the Mavericks offense was, it was a process over results. Like they weren't necessarily scoring at the rate that they did in the first quarter, you know, in the second and the third, but I couldn't tell you five shots that looked that were like bad shots. Like they got good shots pretty much all the way up until the fourth quarter. And then of course that's, you know, the other discussion about how the offense just kind of transforms, you know, there's just less movement, but I just think the way that Luca orchestrated the game uh, I thought was just brilliant in the way that he was creating looks um, throughout the night, you know, and it was great to see Seth hit four or five from three. Um, Finney Smith had two, his two threes were were that he missed were back because they were in the fourth quarter. And that's the thing. No one, they were above the, above the break threes and Utah didn't guard him and dared him to shoot and he missed them. So. Yeah. The Finney uh, Smith
0: stuff is so tough because I, and I've been hard on him for four seasons because at this point he's played enough games to where coming into the season I thought he was uh, I, I just didn't understand it and he's frankly had an amazing turnaround to the season yep. but we're also seeing instances of where he is just a bit outside of his depth they are asking a little bit too much of him in almost all circumstances and it, it, it sometimes it's just not going to work he's an, he's a great defender he's a great rebounder he plays his butt off but I have a hard time being mad about a guy who I thought up until last year couldn't hit, you know, the broadside of a barn.
1: Yeah. And uh another big thing, I know we were talking about what we liked with the five out, but Prazingis had two rebounds. Um Maxie Woo! had Maxi had three. So from your two bigs, you're basically your two bigs that played the whole night to get four rebounds total. Like that's that's brutal. And that's another reason why, you know, I think they would they would benefit from having another bit, you know, another big wing next to Finney Smith so that they could they could rebound a little bit better. I mean, it almost feels like I know Prazingis is having a much better season rebounding, but there are too many games where Finney Smith and Luca are the two best rebounders on the floor for, for the Mavs. And that's sure. That's hard. Uh, well, but I know
0: you got to go soon. So why don't yeah. you tell us your thoughts on, on an incoming big man, Willie Colley Stein from the Golden State Warriors? I will say that my review of him is mixed at best, but I am hopeful at, at you know, it's a, for me, it's a low risk, high reward proposition. And if he doesn't, if he doesn't work out, then, like you said on Twitter, and probably the funniest thing I saw all day, he's going to head to Rick Carlisle's Phantom Zone.
1: So, you know,
0: <laughs> talk, get, tell us a little more.
1: Uh, I think for the bit, I'm ecstatic. <laughs> like, I get to do, you know, my Nerland's bit again, uh, which will be fun. I can't wait. I can't wait to piss people off. I can't wait for people to get mad at me. Uh, so, that'll be fun. Um, but, like, yeah it's pretty much what you said like he's two teams have given up on him in five years one of them being a Warriors team that clearly needs as many like value contracts as possible and you would think that if they liked him they would keep him to keep him around because their cap is just it's really hard for them to acquire talent so the fact that the Warriors already less than half you know a half season have given up on him that's that says something, um, and it's he's just an inconsistent player. You, he should be Tyson Chandler 2.0. He has all the gifts, he has all the tools to do it, and he just doesn't have the effort or the defensive intensity to, to do it. And he shoots a lot of mid range, like he shoots way too many mid range jumpers.
0: Uh, oh yeah, if he shoots he any mid range jumpers with the Mavericks, he will not play.
1: Yeah, and it's <laughs> it's wild. Like it, when you watch him play, it's like. Man, if you played like Tyson Chandler, you would be a you would be making so much money and it's when you watch him it's like he he feels like that's beneath him like in a weird way like he thinks he's a better player than that even sure. though like that's a really good player to be. You know, I think there's like a stigma like I'm not a guy that just, you know, plays off others on offense. Like I give me the ball, like that kind of guy and that's mm-hmm. that's what kills him and you know I posted a highlight clip in my post that I wrote about him. And even in a highlight clip where he scores 25 points, I could have gift out like two or three possessions where he just does not rotate and gives up a layup. And uh, so that's tough. But when you think about his skill set, if this is the team, the Mavericks are the team to get the most out of the player like Willie Collie Stein. So when you think about that, when you think about the fact that he's already been dumped by two teams for the most part, like, this is his last chance, I think, to, to be, like, a real impact NBA player and to be able to get a contract worth a damn. Because if he doesn't work out in Dallas, which has pumped out and developed so many good one-running fives, uh, then this is, you know, who is going to do it. Um, so, I, like I said, I like the gamble. The thing I love the most, I love the most that they're, they're doing a low-key move to replace Powell you know they're not doing the Andre Drummond, they're not doing a Tristan Thompson or Kevin Love or something crazy like that. I love that it's a low key move that doesn't really harm their cap, that isn't really going to mess with their rotations at all. Uh and they can see how it works. Uh he has a player option, so if he stinks really hard and no team really sniffs at him in the summer, he will probably opt in and the Mavs will be, you know, stuck with him for another season. So <laughs> that's at most the downside, but you know, it's, it's worth it. I'm just, I'm so glad they're doing, they're going this route. I would much rather than, you know, take a swing at at Willie Colley Stein than sign like an older guy or, you know, or try to trade for someone with a big, bigger contract. Like this is, this is what they had to do. And so I'm glad they did it. Well, again, I can't thank you enough for
0: joining me tonight. I wanted to to talk about this game with somebody. Good Lord, Huck. Sorry. My dog just like (laughs) hacked something like he's a 90 year old man. Um, (laughs) I know you got you got things to get to because it 's a Saturday <laughs> night. I am home, and I will see how much trouble I am in with the misses because I told her I had to podcast right as I walked through the door so <laughs> i 'm proud of you
1: we for taking with... the dog out for a walk when you got mad though that's a good uh, that 's a good move i 'm proud oh of you yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah well again guys <laughs> we've got a number of podcasts up. we have basically had four podcasts in like two and a half days. We had a state of the Mavs with the whole, our whole staff. I really highly recommend you check the feed and go listen like, and subscribe. As always, we will be back to you whenever the heck the Mavs play next. I think they at least don't play until Monday or Tuesday. I haven't really paid attention. Yeah, Monday
1: against Oklahoma City.
0: Okay, that'll be a big bounce. That'll be a chance for a bounce-back game. Mm
1: -hmm. All
0: right, everybody, we will talk to you soon. Everyone have a good weekend.